0: Today's episode is brought to you in part by the fine folks down at Drift Outfitters in downtown Toronto, Ontario. Drift Outfitters is your source for all things fly fishing. From waiters and boots to thread and feathers, Drift has it all. Check in on their website for the latest updates and policies regarding shopping during the pandemic. Curbside pickup for your online and phone orders is a great way to get the gear you need, and they're shipping for free across Canada on orders over 175 bucks. Visit Driftoutfitters.com to learn more. Driftoutfitters.com Hello welcome to another episode of SoFly. It's uh, May 1st, which is insane because that's the day the podcast comes out. Holy moly! So if you're listening to this today on May 1st, then uh, we recorded it at 11 12 in the morning. And uh, yeah, we're back here recording another episode uh, in a special place. Very, very excited to be uh, out here hosted by Tom and Lisa in their wonderful house. Shout out to them. Beautiful um, home. It's so nice up here.
1: Yeah, it's so nice up here. We're in the Beaver Valley.
0: Up in the Beaver Valley recording on location.
1: Near Kimberley, Ontario. Yeah,
0: shout out to Kimberley. And um, yeah, today we're going to be talking about the Beaver River. We're going to be talking with uh, with Affinity Fish, which we'll, we'll get to in a second. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about Trout Opener. But first, we've got uh, myself and Mitch. We've got Aldo. Hey, everybody. And we've got Yelma. Hello, everyone. There we go. We've got Idas. Hello, everyone. So, uh, you know, you guys sound the exact same. It's insane. Uh, But yeah, so we're recording with the four of us. We're sharing microphones because we do have two guests on the show today that we said uh, we've got Affinity Fish, which is John and Matt from Affinity. John, how's it going?
2: Oh, that's us.
0: Yeah, nice, Matt
3: yeah hi how's it going
0: very good yeah yeah nice and close to the mic is always the way to do it (laughs) Uh, you know like i said we're sharing mics that is best that sounds very good yeah um so affinity fish uh you know we okay so what were we doing this weekend we were up here in the beaver river um shooting uh, a little cooking shore lunch video that we're going to put on our youtube with affinity fish
1: yeah i mean we we kind of did a shore lunch um you know a couple years ago with chef matt Demille, and it was something Mm -hmm. that we wanted to make into a series and and uh you know the way life is you get busy. And, uh, but this year we're, we're definitely focusing a little bit more on YouTube and making videos. So, mm-hmm. um, this is always a concept. Uh, you know, I think, you know, Mitch, I just mentioned myself are really passionate about food and, and obviously, you know, uh, just food culture and mm-hmm. whatnot. And obviously fish ties into that a lot. And so when we met John and Matt from affinity, um, <clears throat> it was like a no-brainer. It was like no we got to do a short lunch. Um, maybe we should get them to explain their business. I would
0: think that would be a great idea. John, <laughs> what is Affinity Fish? Tell us a little bit about uh, this wait, new wait, business. Wait, wait, wait. To the folks that yeah. don't know, it's Affinity. Yes. Affinity. And, not not in, and
2: not Infinity. Infinity. Yes. You, you know you've picked a great name for your company when you're constantly explaining uh, how to tell it, <laughs> how to say it, you know? Hey, um, yeah. But no, we're, we're, it's a good name. Um so Affinity Fish started about 2 years ago with Matt and I and we were trying to kind of solve one of the problems that we had seen as chefs in the industry. Sorry, I'm going to move this mic closer to nice, my face. Nice. Perfect. I'm being guided to. That sounds great. Uh okay. Yeah, so what's Affinity Fish my friend? Uh Matt and I started this about 2 years ago and you know as chefs we had access to um a lot of amazing ingredients here in Ontario, but fish wasn't one of them. Mm-hmm. The quality and the kind of availability of, of good fish in, uh, in Toronto was, was abysmal. Um, and we were trying to figure out why that was. Um, so affinity fish is kind of our answer to the, to mm-hmm. the problem as mm-hmm. we see it, uh, trying to kind of come up with the, the highest quality, um, most environmentally conscious and kind of socially equitable. Yeah. Uh, Fish that can be supplied to Toronto, and uh, yeah, it, it, most of it comes from uh, indigenous fishing operations that we work with in the Great Lakes. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and all that kind
0: of... Well, yeah, Matt, like, uh, you know, you guys have no experience with food. You have never cooked in your life. Yeah, Why did you sure just decide to yeah. open a fishmonger? <laughs> <laughs> how, did, how did that happen? Well, so <laughs> me and
3: John are both uh, trained chefs. Right, yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, so a little it. bit of experience. <laughs> yeah. Cooked a couple times, but... Yeah. Uh, no, uh, I've been cooking in the industry for about 13 years professionally. Uh, John's about 10 years, I'd say. mm mm-hmm. um, And, yeah, I mean, I've been cooking since I was 16 years old, and I think for us, it was just kind of, yeah, to address the problem, and it was just, you know, a lot of the restaurants that we worked in were specifically Japanese restaurants, Mm -hmm. and um, we get to work, we got to work with some of the best seafood, and John was actually working in Kyoto, so, like, right there with some of the best seafood, and best handled seafood in the world, Mm -hmm. So coming back here, you know, being part of fly fishing and stuff like that, you get to see these beautiful creatures when you actually catch them and release them. So it's like, how, do, where's the disconnect here? Like, why does, why is it like these fish are so beautiful and mm-hmm. or whatever? And then you catch them. And then when you go to a fish market,
0: it's just Not them are there. Yeah. So it's what's garbage.
3: the problem here? What's happening? What's yeah. the difference here? So that was kind of what we were trying to figure out when we started this company.
1: Yeah. Well, were you finding freshwater fish in markets or suppliers um, or was it me like, I, I, I mean, for my own personal consumption, um, you know, you're at the grocery store or at a monger, it, it tends to be dominated by saltwater fish or crustaceans or shellfish, et, et cetera.
3: Yeah. So I'd say, you know, in Toronto, probably the most that you'll see is pickerel walleye, hmm. um, usually in Chinatown. It's pretty hard to find though. It's interesting that, uh, Toronto as a whole is just you know, most of their fish supply is coming from the Azores or it's coming from pretty much everywhere except for Ontario. Mm. So unless you're like up here in the cottage country and you like go out to a fish market, usually it's pretty local, but it's kind of ironic that you go to places and you have fish and chips and it's frozen haddock from like yeah. somewhere in the world, right? Yeah. You don't know where it came from. Mm-hmm. So it is, you know, I think there is kind of a little bit of a stigma to, at least with chefs and chefs that we deal with is a little bit of a stigma and they kind of turn their nose up at lake fish, um, because, I guess their uh, interpretation of it is
0: that it's not good. Yeah, there's so many different like. Uh, well, we've all heard for so long. It's like, oh, like Lake Ontario, like. That's yeah. got to be so dirty and poisonous, yeah. toxic, you know? like.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, there is a big difference in where the fish is caught. Like, out in Prince Edward County, the water is very different than right. it is right in front of Toronto, you know? Sure, so. yeah, fair <laughs> enough. We've, we've re- read a lot of toxicity reports and stuff like that. But, like, up in, like, Huron and Lake Superior, mm-hmm. the water's just so People beautiful.
0: just blanket it all together, right? They're just like, oh, Great Lakes, they're dirty.
3: Exactly. Yeah, Yeah.
0: It's like this weird misconception.
3: And I think also people really, like, the only way they judge fish is by, like, oh, how does it taste when you fry it in a pan with butter? Right. Mm. And that's it. And, like, a little bit of lemon. There's, like, no... Uh, exploration and, and no exploration as to like different cooking techniques, mm-hmm. like this type of species, it cooks better when it's steamed or, you know, grilled or whatever. But yeah, yeah. It's, yeah nobody tries to so, do something different. So you guys
4: mentioned that like there's a, a problem with the way people view fish. Do you think that is the problem is that people have this like myopic view of how fish is prepared and how fish is treated and whether it's from the consumer side or from the chef side?
2: Yeah, totally. Information and education is like a huge part of what we're doing and we're still learning a lot, and you know, every day, like when we, uh, when we shot the shore lunch yesterday, uh, we were learning as well. We were working with a new species, white perch, that we didn't have a lot of experience with because there's just no avenue for the uh, the fish to come to Toronto, like it's being caught and it's basically being thrown back into the lake dead. It's mm-hmm. just kind of the status quo, and and the the fishing industry can be so dark. Um, but yeah, I mean. It, l- One of the things that we are, uh, uh, kind of most intent on other than just getting people the best possible fish is teaching people about the, uh, like why that fish is important and, um, you know, how that contributes to our local food culture. Like we, as anglers, we appreciate the fish. We're out in nature. We see the place that the, the brook trout has in the river and we we connect with that emotionally right that's for for most of us a huge attraction to uh to fly fishing mm-hmm. Most people who are not anglers don't have any kind of relationship to local fish and that i mean I see that as a as a shame like people there's this opportunity this this connection to nature connection to food connection to fish uh that pe- that you know everybody yeah, can appreciate people, yeah yeah. So it you just- think
4: do you think there's like a parallel between um, kind of not not wanting to know how the sausage is made where like people, you know, buying chicken from factory farms, buying beef and all these things and then
2: thinking fish so, from like fish farms is fine, yeah. but not actually understanding how. Yeah, the, maybe maybe fish farming is a good example of that. You know, the, the sausage is often delicious, but just kind of has this dark, uh, you know history of uh, yeah. where it comes from the fish, most of the wild freshwater fish that's kind of conventionally sourced is not like that because the end product is actually not good. If you go into most fish markets and you see the, um, the wild pickerel from Lake Erie or, uh, I'm trying to think of any other sp- like wild freshwater species we see here, maybe white, f- white fish or, or yellow perch. It's mm-hmm. all so mishandled. Mm. Um, the, the condition it's in is just not going to lend itself to good flavor and end yeah. product. Yes. Not yeah. going to smell right. good. It's not going to taste good. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, in, in that sense, it's a little different from the, from the sausage sure, analogy because sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's, you know, people don't want to think about where it comes from, but then also, it doesn't turn out to be a good product. I guess yeah. also in that way it does, it does
4: the fish itself a disservice because people have this negative experience eating this fish and they're like, well, yeah. you know, I had this bad experience with white fish or pickerel and therefore it's all disgusting.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And, and we've yeah. like our, our customers have been so surprised at like, wow, I didn't even know you could eat this fish or I didn't know this fish tasted like that. Or, uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> Yelma took the mic. He's ready to ask. A oh
5: man, Yelma's gonna talk. We're You almost
0: got the mic. So- yes. Well, <laughs> the
5: no, no. You. Well, you uh, You know, you mentioned. You know the different species. So what? What species of um, freshwater fish are you gonna focus on?
2: Well, we're, we're focused primarily on bycatch species. Um, they have the the fisher folk that we work with tend to have um, an avenue for like ten percent of the fish that they catch a, a commercial. Avenue for it, so like the white fish and a little bit of the pickerel they catch, they are able to sell sell commercially. But there's all these other species of fish which taste great, are fantastic fish, are available all year round. But because there's no market demand for it, they go to waste. Um, I'm keep being guided to hold the mic even closer. You're afraid of the mic. I am. It's scary. It's furry and (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Um, so yeah, we're really focused on utilizing the fish that was previously going to waste mm-hmm. and not just from like an ecological standpoint, but also as chefs, like there's all, there's not just two different species in the lake. It's like 16 different species of fish. Uh, I'll, I'll try and list, you know, as many as I can, but there's, uh, lake trout, white fish, pickerel, or what most people call walleye. Mm-hmm. It's in the, you know, food industry that, that fish is called pickerel here in Ontario. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, white perch, yellow perch Freshwater drum or or sheephead, um, smallmouth bass, largemouth bass, steelhead, coho, chinook, salmon, uh, burbot, fantastic fish, mm-hmm. and I mean, I'm, I'm a lot of stuff people don't sure. think
0: about eating. You know, like the yeah. sheephead and the burbot and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. and so you I'm know, that like like one. Matt
2: was saying too, um, a lot of people just want a fish that they can whack into a cast iron pan with some butter and have it turn out well and you know, cooking's not like that. It, that meat, you can't get, like, a lamb shank and grill yeah, it yeah. on the barbecue Yeah. for... <laughs> hey, Yoma? <laughs> Yoma loves a good lamb shank. <laughs> good and lamb shank. there's nothing wrong with the lamb shank, but you gotta stew it for eight hours for it to be good. Mm. And, oh, and we, we, how, we that's respect... Why you,
5: that's why mine didn't taste well.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't, like, you know, put it in the microwave and have it turn out delicious. Um, and fish is the same, you know, there's fish that are fantastic prepared certain ways and it's just a matter of finding what the suitable, you know, cooking method is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, you mentioned, you know, whacking into the pan. Uh, so then what kind of techniques are you focused on with your background maybe matt you can, well yeah. maybe
0: before we get into that oh sorry we're sorry, covering sorry. some serious frigging ground here we're 12 <laughs> minutes in we've like talked about everything but i need to recap yes. you guys buddies how did you guys meet like how did you guys yeah. come together at the beginning so at um back and then in, definitely want to talk yeah, of about course, so we
1: need to get we need to get some context I I like wrap problem, this yeah.
0: all up like how the hell do we meet all that kind of stuff right yeah Yama? yeah yeah how did yeah. you guys meet so back in 2012 i believe
3: How did your parents meet? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Back in uh, 2012, I was working in a restaurant called uh, Ursa. Hey. And Mm -hmm. uh, pretty like heavy Japanese influence on the menu there and stuff like that. And I started getting into Japanese knives. So I started going to this knife store called Tosho Knife Arts. Uh, Shout out to them. It's um, Bathurst, just north of Bloor. Mm -hmm. Um, And John was actually working there at the time. And he actually came to stage which is like working for free, basically an internship and, uh, came to stage at the restaurant that I was working at and we just got to chatting about knives and, you know, yeah, just knife stuff, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, I actually, after Ursa closed, I actually went to go work with John at Tosho Knife Arts and we kind of just, uh, kept in touch over the years and John went out to New York um, and then Japan and we kind of just kept in touch. And every time he would come and visit, we'd just gra- grab beers and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. we would talk about, cause we had very similar experiences. It's actually funny. We grew up in the same neighborhood, like a couple blocks away from each other, but we didn't meet until we got into the restaurant industry. And, uh, yeah, we would just talk about, you know, our dreams and aspirations when we met up and, um, we had this idea for this company. Like I, I was doing a bunch of pop-ups and stuff like that and, mm-hmm. I was like, what if, what if I go up and buy some fish from this guy, like the fisherman and like bring it back live. And then like, you know, dispatch it in front of these people, like mm-hmm. for this dinner. And, and John was like, maybe, maybe we can do that. And so that's like literally how it started was like a conversation over beer. And that
0: one first thing where you brought a live fish back from here on.
3: Yeah, well, that was the goal and aim. Uh, that what has heat? not happened yet. Okay, I see. I was going like, how'd you it's do like that? Ridiculous! Like you'd need a gigantic tank in the back of a pickup, pickup truck. It was more, yeah.
0: but and yeah. just a burbot in the back, of <laughs> just oh. <washing> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, What's happening? <laughs> that's a cool idea, though.
2: And like sh- shipping fish is not so hard because you know a burbot weighs let's say on average you know six right. to seven pounds live. Um, so you've got a six or seven pound fish you got to bring back to the yeah. city, which is one thing. But then you need one hundred pounds of water yeah. to put the burbot in. Yeah. And now your ten pound fish is a hundred and ten pound yeah. package mm. that needs to be temperature controlled and oxygenated, and it's not so easy to do that with wild yeah. with wild fish. Um, so. Yeah, Is yeah. that
1: the kind of quality like fish transportation was happening in your experience in Japan?
2: Yeah, there was a lot of access to live fish and seafood. For the most part, it was farmed fish that was being able to be brought to the markets live. Mm. Um, storing the fish live is a great way to do it if you have the infrastructure, if you have the trucks that are capable right. of, of course, transporting yeah. them, and then if you have a landing place for them to be held live in right, temperature right, controlled oxygenated right. water and japan has such a ginormous fish economy they do that they do that in most major cities there's mm. wet markets with live fish um i would love to one day have that kind of thing set up in toronto and maybe we can be a part of getting toronto there maybe one day toronto will have a you know a wet market with with tanks of of live fish uh from from the great lakes um but what That'd we're kind of cool yeah <laughs> What makes more sense for what we do is adopting some of the other Japanese trade secrets or, or, you know, fishing practices and handling practices that they do over there. One of them being Ikejime, which is the way that the fish is uh, dispatched or or slaughtered. Um, And it's not only the most um, quality focused method of, of, you know, killing the fish, which is a reality of, of... eating any animal, right? The mm-hmm. yeah. the killing is an important part. Um, but it's also the most ethical. It's, it's the fastest and the most painless way possible to, you know, uh, deal with the fish to, to, to kill it. Um, yeah. so, uh, and, and that's not at all commonplace in North America. For the most part, most fish caught either farmed or wild really are not given a whole lot of respect right. in, in the actual, yeah, yeah. you know, taking of the life, which is, which is awful. Yeah. Um, so we're, yeah, we're,
0: we're committed. It's all that. about figuring out all of those things, right? Yeah. 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 Sorry. I didn't and, mean to do relevant the bring history in. of your. No, no, lessons. no, 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 yeah, yeah. no. I mean like that's super crazy. That idea of, well, all the ideas that you guys have seems so crazy now, but it's cool that, you know, you're both connected um, and passionate about them. And I mean, that's, I guess why, where affinity is going. So you guys met uh, over your passion for, for knives and, and for, um, you know, Japanese cuisine and all that kind of stuff, cooking, um, had this idea uh, and then that was it. Where is the store? I don't even think we've mentioned where the store is. Yeah,
2: so the store is uh, not finished yet, but yep. hopefully will be finished by July, and it's at 1581 Dundas Street West. So Dundas and Dufferin, Boom. West End of Toronto. Amazing. West End
1: Toronto. Not yeah. that far from us. I
2: love you know. it. Okay, so then to get back to the cooking thing.
1: No, I was actually going to say. What were you going to say? You know what I was going to say, Mitch? <laughs> I was going to say, okay, so you met, you hang out. What, when did you guys start Fishing, like, individually. when did you start fly fishing? Yeah. How would you thing, get into start, fly right? fishing? How you get into fly fishing?
0: Yeah, Matt, why don't you go first? I can see you thinking over there. <laughs>
3: yeah, so I'm just new recently into fly fishing, but it's kind of a weird uh, story, though. Like, mm. I grew up fishing with my dad, like, just spin fishing, like, at my cottage. Yeah. Um, my dad fly fished his whole life. My uncle, my grandfather, my great-grandfather all fly fished. Um, so, like, my great-uncle, my grandfather's brother yeah he's still alive he has like a membership to a club in labrador and stuff like that goes there every single year with my uncle and it was great for me (laughs) because you know like when i started i got to inherit all my dad's fishing stuff so just a bunch of rods bunch of reels old ross reels all that kind of stuff that old
1: ross reel you had is gorgeous
3: yeah i love it (laughs) 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 gorgeous. and uh yeah a couple like i have my great grandfather's bamboo rod which i haven't fished with yet that's a hardy right yeah, it's an old Ooh, Hardy two-piece. A, yeah, I think it's a salmon rod. Yeah, it, it's it's his like, eyes
0: just lit up. That's cool, salmon rod. Nice. Yeah,
3: salmon rod. Yeah, take it so for steel. just judging by the length, it doesn't really. Yeah, it's beautiful rod. Yeah, I try fishing with it one day, maybe. If yeah,
0: I, if it doesn't. Oh, bite. absolutely. Yeah,
3: but yeah, I, uh, getting into the actual sport of it um, was last year with John. Um, I'll let John tell his story about how he got in, but we just started going to the the credit. Yeah. Um, yep. And uh, yeah, I caught a fish on my first time out, which was nice. Great. The smallest Easy. brown trout you've ever seen. <laughs> That's how but, it goes. On uh, the credit too, which is hard
2: hard fish.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah. And yeah, just oh like yeah. instant, like, you know, I love that kind of technical stuff, gear yeah. stuff, and it just got... Just like knives, just dived right in, and
0: all the YouTube videos, all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, it just takes off.
1: Hopefully not our YouTube videos. Yeah, (laughs) you don't learn much. I'm gonna watch the Shore Lunch one. No,
0: no, no, watch that one. No, watch that
2: one. Watch that one. (laughs) You know,
0: John, how'd you get into fly fishing? Like you, you, you started uh, a while ago.
2: Yeah, yeah, I started when I was twelve, and I'm 27 now. So however many years that is, fifteen. Wow, that was quick. All those quick math math with all those. (laughs) Fifteen. But yeah, I started when I was 12. Um, I ended up having some family friends and some coworkers my dad had that were uh all from Alberta and they all fly fished. Um so I learned from them. Um and I loved like, you know, as a kid in downtown Toronto, I grew up yeah. right by the Humber near near Umich, yeah. but um, you know, I never caught anything. I didn't fish for steelhead there. I was just basically practicing casting for yeah. the bridge over there. Um so I didn't have a lot of opportunity. I would probably fish maybe like two or three times a year because mm-hmm. um, my dad would take me out and he didn't fish, but he got into it eventually um, through me because he was you know driving me around. But um, once I started working in restaurants when I was you know 14, um, I didn't have a lot of time to fly fish anymore. So I kind of gave it up. And from like the past, I would say, uh, seven or eight years I hardly did any fishing mm-hmm. uh, because I was working I was you know I didn't bring any of my fishing gear to New York I lived there yeah. for a few years then I went to Japan didn't bring any fishing gear there which yeah. you know, I was kicking myself because I was in watching all respect. these guys fly fishing in mountain streams or oh, it's man. pretty cool looking over there yeah. oh yeah what, what all they like awesome rainbow trout and stuff or, like, or, next time I go to Japan I'm bringing rods and fishing oh, Hokkaido 100% yeah.
1: I remember watching an episode of The Nature of Things yeah. and it was all about Hokkaido and like the, the cherry salmon and, the, and yeah. the trout I'm like oh those are I, I always picture in my head, you know, small mountain stream, small mountain trout. Yeah. No, there are huge fish in Hokkaido. Yeah, they,
2: well, they have <laughs> timon in Hokkaido.
0: Timin, yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> so it's like, oh, wow, that'd be, 60 wow, that trout. sucks. I know I hate, when you look back <laughs> on things, Hokkaido. you're like, oh, <laughs> why didn't I fly fish? Are, are we going to Japan? I think we're, it sounds going like to Japan. we might I mean, I've always Japan.
1: wanted to go, my let's God, throw. God throw. I've always wanted to go to
0: Japan. Timon, yeah, let's go to Japan. Shore yeah, lunch Hokkaido. Yeah, like, I don't want to come check anymore. I want to go to Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You Know that sounds sure. amazing. We'll do that, okay? Cool, all
2: right. Great. Um, but yeah, we'll do I- <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna need a lot of grills, a lot of grills, <laughs> so, so, many many grills.
0: <laughs> so many grills. So, when you got back, then you kind of picked up. When the I got back,
2: back you know, my rods were still sitting in my mom's house at the time, yeah. I got back into it in full force, and that was happened to coincide with the time that um Matt and I kind of reconnected uh when I moved back to Toronto, and uh, yeah, I just went full force. I had you know, I Eventually got a driving license and that opened up the world to being able to you know go fishing whenever I wanted to. Yeah. Um, and it was you know you were asking Matt about how he started. It was so annoying for me watching him do it because um, you know in, in a loving way uh, he uh, he got into it last year or year and a half ago. Okay, Mitch, you guys, I'm just doing, now I'm just doing it over and over again. Just I'm telling him to bring the mic clothes and just like yeah. keep going. Yeah, till no, it's I'm just sorry. If the, the audio quality sucks, it's my arm position, not Mitch's. Editing. No, it's good. It's good. Um, cause Mitch doesn't edit. Nice, I'm not editing nice, this, nice, so, nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I'd, I'd been into it since I was 12 and you know, I've got, I'd like, I'm, I love the rods that I have in, yeah. and my setup, but watching Mac get into it, like the first year that he started, he shows up to the river with like, uh, Lamps and reels, hardy rods. And I'm like, what What yeah. the hell? Like, Just the best gear. Yeah, just the best, like all handed down to him from his family. I'm like, oh, okay. Some yeah. some anglers get
0: lucky, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a stash of old stuff from the grandfathers yeah. and everything else. Beautiful stuff. He just yeah. was like
1: that. He's like, he ramped up the gear buying real quick. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't, yeah.
0: I didn't inherit any of it. No, though. I know. <laughs> no, but you're about to deal with Well, in a
1: way, you did because it was all from Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Most of it. Yeah. Trades.
2: But he can, he can back it up. He's an amazing caster. I was watching him yesterday, oh, you. you know. Oh, get him He's go. doing that sage yeah, ride been, justice.
4: It's, uh, it's been a long, long road getting here. <laughs>
2: it's, it's, been been like, year. Year. <laughs> it's been a year. been a long, <laughs> winding
4: road.
1: <laughs>
4: yeah, I like to think back about my year of fly fishing. and uh...
0: yeah.
1: Okay, um, so yeah. what were we doing here this weekend?
0: Well, before we get into that, can oh, we just sorry. talk really quickly so about sorry, the food thing? Because I think that there was another pillar to Affinity that you mm-hmm. guys... Yeah. Which is the prep of fish, which we've touched on a little bit, but like what, it, what's going to go into changing people in Ontario's mind about the food prep of freshwater fish here? Like, what do you guys, what do you think it's going to take? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Wow. Um I mean, if, I guess if you figure that out, it's like, well, we're yeah,
3: mission accomplished, right? Well, yeah. See you later. Yeah.
0: But you
3: know. <laughs> no, it was, uh it was interesting. Actually, the first time we went out on the boat with the fisher folk, yeah, me and John had this technique that we're talking about, EKG, may is uh, done pretty widely in Japan. And as we were saying earlier, it's you know they have these wet wet, wet markets where they keep the fish live and stuff like that. And yeah. only when the fish is bought or sold is when they actually dispatch the fish. It's alive up, up until that right. point. Neat. So John had tried it a bunch of times in in Japan as well as a couple times in quarantine from like farmed fish and stuff like yeah. that, right. and, and doing some testing there. But as far as we know, it like there's no other people that have done it on freshwater fish. Right. So we were going up on this boat and we actually made the connection with, um, from my old chef, actually Jacob from Ursa. Uh, he used to have a cottage up there. He would buy fish off the boat from Guy Nadal and one of our fishermen. Yeah. So we went out there and we're like, I don't know, maybe it's going to work. I don't like, we have no idea. So we started doing that and it worked. Um, and then it was actually kind of funny. The first time we went out, it was like, (laughs) we like had no, plan as to where this fish was going to go so like we're driving back to the city on like no sleep and we're like we don't have a walk-in fridge to put this in and we're like freaking out and we figured it out but yeah
0: i think car full of fish no, yeah like no 200 fridge. pounds of fish oh. yeah. in the back of <laughs> the, the car
3: with in coolers and stuff like that you we get home with this <laughs> <laughs> nice. not gonna fit in our personal fridge no. yeah um what is it gonna take to change people's minds i think you know we talk about uh, like purpose in the company a lot. And I think it's through like showing like stuff like this with the shore lunch and stuff like we do a lot of events because we are chefs first and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So we do like dinners and we show how this fish can be cooked, how it can taste and all that stuff. So kind of just showing through our work rather than trying to like convince somebody and be like, Hey, yeah. this is how it should be, you know, kind of show through your work and consistency and stuff like that is and an, and education as well, I think is yeah. what's going to be. The changing fact just chipping away at it
5: yeah what's the what's the competition like have you seen other affinities pop up before you or or is this no carte
2: that's that's kind of and you know but
0: people have asked,
2: people have asked us about this before it, it is a good question and you know it's a, it's an important business question too the one we had to ask ourselves yeah. when we were starting the company is like you know are we gonna have a lot of competition in this and and uh, is there space for this and is there demand for it um, no the I would say hundred percent of the fish that's available to consumers in Toronto. And it's the same for most places in North America. It, it's an industrial product. It goes through the industrial supply chain. So it's caught on huge boats. Not a lot of care is put into the quality of the product. It's shipped in giant trucks brought to industrial processing plants. And I mean, you can hear all these stages. They all take time. Yeah. So by the time the fish gets to you, the consumer, it could be a week or two weeks old. So when you see you know, fresh fish or it came in this morning at your fish market, that might be week old fish because it had to go through all these steps. So right. we're, I mean, as far as I know, one of the few, I would say the only suppliers in uh, Toronto that's working directly with the fisher folk and it's coming off the boat. In some cases, it's coming back to Toronto the same day. In some cases, it's being sold the next day. And in some cases, it's being dry aged in our fridges for weeks to actually improve the quality of the product. Uh, before being sold so in that sense there's basically nobody else doing that um mainly because it's so much work like it's Mm -hmm. i'm not worried about other people trying to do what we're doing because it's just just um, like a ton unless you're unless you're crazy about it
5: no 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 once i would love to see more affinities pop up because then you know Mm -hmm. you're doing something that you know it's working at people
0: are working the The market's getting bigger
3: Yeah. yeah i think like more to that point is that like what we're doing like this undertaking is like ridiculously hard. You know what I mean? It's like going out, like I was working as a chef full time when we first started this. And then like on my weekends, like I would leave work at like one in the morning on Saturday night, wake up at three in the morning, drive three hours, hop on the boat, work a full day on the boat and then drive back to the city and then hang this fish. Right. So yeah, like that's two jobs at once. But I Mm -hmm. think like what we're trying to do is like, you know, literally change an industry that is so ingrained in, in what it is. Right. And it's like financially, financially, um, beneficial for people to catch thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds of fish. Whereas we're trying to like really do the opposite, like anti capitalism, if you will. I don't know. Right. So like, um,
4: it's obvious you guys like care a lot about, you know, the, the treating fish respectfully and like kind of bringing this kind of Japanese influence into how fish is handled into Ontario. So I guess what, what degree of responsibility do you feel in educating people, um, And like that being a part of affinity, not beyond just selling people fish. Like, like obviously you do feel a sense of responsibility and like how big of a part of affinity do you expect that to be about teaching people and like showing people that like eating fish is more than just like, like you said, like throwing some salmon in a pan with butter.
2: Yeah. Wow. Another amazing question. Um, Yeah.
0: It's okay if we just just figure this out right now too.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we're we're just helping ironing this this out. (laughs) Which, Um, that would be amazing. We'd be honored. I'd like to show you. (laughs) Yeah, I I brought a PowerPoint. It's like a little think tank, yeah. 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 Um,
1: Tom's taking minutes over there. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah, I mean,
2: uh, primarily what we're doing is about educating people. So Mm -hmm. the more we can educate people and it could be through social media. It could be through literally putting a piece of fish on somebody's dinner plate. That's educating them, teaching them that, you know, this is something that comes from the lake of their province. Mm -hmm. It's local fish. It's worthwhile. Seasonal. It's worthwhile. It's something enjoyable. That's the best part about food. Like learning about food is such a enjoyable experience. You don't have to read a textbook. You don't have to, you know, it's totally pleasure. Open a million tabs on Google. Yeah.
1: And you can see like, you know, that's a really good point because, like, obviously, you know, you see the consumption of uh, a series on Netflix, even like Chef's Table. Yeah. You don't have to be a chef. Food you don't is even so have to right eat yeah. at a fine dining restaurant to be like, oh, we're entertained yeah, by that. Yeah. Great we right? all, so,
2: it's, 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 it's hardwired into us, right? We, yeah. we create serotonin in our brains when we eat food that we like. It's not a choice. It's not something you're either like, even people who would say they're not into food are into food. Yeah. Do you eat three times a day? You're into food. You really yeah. will die if you're not into Everybody food. Everybody likes yeah. food. <laughs> yeah. So I guess... Um, Everybody likes food, right?
1: Hey, Gilma loves food. Yoma loves food. <laughs> he had three big, big bags on the way up shares. here. He has three hamburgers on the way here. We're
3: <laughs> talking three about it all weekend. Hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> I had a question. I forgot what Yes. Oh, no! Well, I think... I was, I was going to say that it's like a big part for us like with the education standpoint and what I'm most excited for with... Um, opening the shop is that it's, you know, the user end experience of like, when people come into this shop like what i want it to be is like an ex- more of an experience like mm. you know if you go to a fishmonger they're just like what do you want right and you're like fish. i don't know do you like what's three co- pounds co- of shrimp yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah what's yeah, yeah. what's, <laughs> what do you have kind of thing so for us like a big part of it is you know we're going to have like pictures of the fisher folk and 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 right. the the boats that we fish from um there's going to be you know a menu and stuff like that but like honestly i want to have a conversation with somebody like yeah. when they come into the shop and you know they're like i'm cooking for six people tonight i'm like okay do you like white flesh fish fatty fish you know have a conversation with them and I'll show them like pull out a whole fish show them like hey this was caught in this part of the lake at this depth this fish eats this other type of fish that's its usual habitat Um, this is the guy point to the picture this is the guy who caught it kind of thing so you know not just like how many pounds do you want it's like more of an experience you know so do do you think that
4: like that relationship is part of the reason people are uh, have an aversion to eating and exploring a lot of the local fish and really just stay with what feels safe?
2: Yeah. The, the, the reason people tend to not like fish is because most of the fish available is bad fish. So I don't, I don't blame them. If you don't like bad fish, I'm with you. I don't like bad, bad fish either. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the reasons the world and the environment is so screwed up is because of how wasteful our food economy is and how much, you know, I think on average in in North America, or I think specifically in Canada, over 50% of our food goes in the garbage. And with fishing, it's worse. You know, if, if you look at like shrimp fishing in the Southern U S States, sometimes bycatch is 400% of the catch. So if you're, you know, for every pound of shrimp that comes to the supermarket, which half of will be wasted, but of that pound of Uh, shrimp that goes to the supermarket, you'll have four pounds of random fish caught that get all scraggled up in the nets, thrown back into the ocean, half dead. Like the impact of that is crazy. And that's because it's so industrialized. And that's Mm -hmm. because people are buying fish from far, far reaches of the the globe. Mm -hmm. Uh, And because we don't know, like nobody's telling them, hey, you know, like, you know, you're in upstate New York, you should be eating local fish from, you know, you should be eating striped bass from... Long Island, not yeah. shrimp from Louisiana. Well,
0: it's, it's almost like certain commercial, certain fish have been commercialized so successfully. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We have to like break that all down. Almost like sure, branded you know? in a way. Yeah, like, like
1: the tuna brand is strong. Bubba Gump yeah. shrimp. And, and, and,
2: and, there's there, there's a book, um, I think it's called Five Fish. I can't remember the author, but um, uh, there's, the numbers are, I believe, close to 95% of the fish consumed in North America is five species of fish. Yeah, none of which are from that makes Baltimore. sense. None of which are from the Great Lakes. Even yeah. without so, a
1: fact check, that seems it seems right. It yeah. seems yeah. right because you can even do a, like a rudimentary test: it's, go to three know, grocery it's, stores, it's, uh, tuna, it's shrimp. It's
0: yeah. Well, yeah. just go ask everybody
1: right. what's
2: and fish every, to you like, eat. Like pretty much everybody's going to say tuna, say
1: tuna. tuna uh, no. salmon, salmon, maybe haddock, yeah. Yeah. Like
2: shrimp. Yeah, yeah. cod. Yeah.
1: maybe halibut. Maybe cod. Maybe. it's
2: it's all the same fish, and that doesn't make you know we shouldn't. There's nothing we should be eating like that yeah no no type of food that should be just available everywhere all the time that, that doesn 't make sense yeah. right tilapia right and like you know tilapia tilapia <laughs> you know is, is tilapia the worst thing in the world you could eat? probably not, but there 's a million better fish you could be eating that are local to your area sure and doing that will solve a lot of the environmental impacts of fishing, yeah so you know when the fisher folk that we work with, when all they can sell is white fish, i mean i, I they work hard as hell they 're Uh, They have a tough job and they need to make a living. They've got families to support. They have to catch as much whitefish as humanly possible to support their business. I get that. What we need to do is instead of saying, okay, let's buy a bigger ship, buy more nets, more whitefish, whitefish, take every whitefish out of the lake, Mm -hmm. um, say, okay, well, you know, with that hundred pounds of whitefish that we caught, we also caught 30 pounds of burbot, 50 pounds of lake trout, 20 pounds of pickerel. And instead of. Just not being able to sell that, we need to find avenues for that fish and get it to the home to consumer. Be consumed, yeah. Mm. And it's great for the home consumer too because now the home consumer goes to the store and instead of just seeing white fish and being like, "Yeah, I don't feel like that on Friday," they've got six different options. Yeah. So like everybody wins.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll say from my own buying experience, like at La Carnita, the only local fish we bought was Georgian Bay whitefish.
2: Yeah, that was and uh, that's, the, that's that was impressive. I'm sure yeah. they went to great lengths to. To get that it was only one because, time of the year too. You know, you know. And the uh, vast majority of people are still yeah. buying farmed Atlantic salmon. That's mm-hmm. like yeah, the, but, one of the few Canadian fish you can buy. And I think a lot of people, like myself personally, it's too it's like with starting
4: fly fishing and kind of learning about um, the fish ecosystem and whatnot, it's like you realize that like I just stopped eating fish mm-hmm. like altogether. And yeah. instead, instead of exploring other uh, yeah, lake fish and options. stuff, like you know what? Like it's like, yeah, I loved eating salmon. Like I lived in Nova Scotia and we used to eat salmon all the time. But then, you're on Ontario, you're like, "Well, I don't really feel great about eating salmon anymore.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Not gonna yeah. eat tuna. Like, I'm just not gonna eat any of it."
2: It's, yeah. it's hard to consume, you know. Like Matt was saying about about capitalism, it's it's hard to consume anything ethically in capitalism. There's problems with just about anything you do. But that doesn't mean that you know we can strive to be. Uh, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't strive yeah. to be more conscious consumers and do things as best as possible. So, you know, any we absolutely as as a as humankind need to consume less animal protein for everything for our social sake for for the environment for for all reasons we need to lower our consumption of animal three
0: burgers was it
2: (laughs) (laughs) no but and and and, and guilt guilt (laughs) guilt is detrimental to the cause so you know guilting people and saying like oh you know i'm just not going to eat fish anymore because fish is bad because i saw sea and they said fish is bad so stop eating fish you know you can't do everything you can't stop driving you can't cut your consumption of all animal proteins. You can't, uh, you know, stop buying avocados yeah. because they're not local. Y- you got to make some concessions. You got to live your life, you 100%. gotta, you know, make smart decisions. And one of those, you know, if, you know, if you're vegetarian or vegan, amazing, you're saving the world. If you're not, you can still make good choices that will help the world. So yeah. you, instead of buying, you know, farmed Atlantic salmon that was shipped in from, you know, Chile, You can, uh, you can, um, I'm, keep getting the, the, the mic moved around I just love how, how I get
0: yeah. eloquently speaking about the most amazing things and as you do it the, it just kind of gets quieter and quieter <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like <laughs>
1: little
2: closer <laughs> there <Little closer. laughs> it's like I'm, I'm, I'm walking away in a tunnel yeah
0: <laughs> where's yeah. he
1: going so and the it's very amazing. the most important thing the really the most important thing it's that we have to that, remember is that you just, <laughs> 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 just the, the meaning of hilarious. life
0: is <laughs> no <laughs> yeah well um, no I, I hear, totally hear you guys on like i love the more accessible fish and trying different types of fish and yeah. making opening yeah. that up
2: and um like specifically to to, to yeah. what you know i just was saying yeah um you can stop consuming fish you and there's definitely positive impacts to that if yeah. you decided that you are not willing to do that and you still want to eat fish i would say the solution would be instead of buying you know argentinian right um, yeah. sea bass to buy the fish with the smallest possible carbon footprint from the Great Lakes, a two-hour drive away yeah, of instead course. of a 10-hour airplane. I, I guess this ties right back away.
4: into the educational element yeah, yeah, elements yeah. of affinity of yeah. showing people that, like, you know what?
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Eating this fish isn't scary. Like, this is yeah. what it looks like. This is where it came from. Mm-hmm. And it ties back into the whole, like, you know, the 100-kilometer diet right. situation where, you're, like, yeah, yeah, there, yeah. there's a lot of options. You know, and pairing it, like, with the short, you know, touching on the lunch, where, like, you're pairing it with locally foraged items that were, like, it's all part of the same ecosystem and you can make a delicious meal
0: out of it. Well, this and is it's m- not as scary as it seems. This is a wonderful. segue. Uh, yeah, that that's thing because was, that was my we ate delicious local fish <laughs> from Huron. Mm-hmm. We rolled up onto the river with uh, with a whole bunch of cooking implements and food. Yeah. Um, and you guys prepared a delicious two-course riverside Two meal riverside, yeah. with fish from Huron and Lake Erie, Yeah. right? Uh, which is Huron is where the beaver flows into. Mm-hmm. It's quite an exceptional thing. What were
3: you guys cooking up? Yeah, so, you know, we brought two species of fish. We brought uh, lake trout uh, that was from um, Lake Huron. Mm -hmm. And then we brought uh, white perch, which is actually, as John was saying earlier, I think it was the first time we'd actually ever tried it. Um, We got it from a new fisher folk that we were working with on Lake Erie. Um, The first course was a uh, hay smoked uh, lake trout loin that had just been marinated in a sweet soy sauce. So just smoked over hay. Mm -hmm. And then it had basically like sashimi, so cooked slightly but uh still raw um and then that was served with a little bit of ground elder that i foraged um and some daikon radish and some umeboshi and katsuo paste um the that dish was kind of important because as we were saying earlier about you know trying to find new avenues and new ways of cooking these fish it's uh we've been doing a lot of experimenting with uh, serving lake fish raw which is you know difficult to do uh because lake fish is you know not necessarily good to be eaten raw because of parasites but we've found out that if you freeze it properly um as quickly as possible and then you freeze it for a certain amount of time those parasites you know there's risks for any type of fish saltwater fish included for eating raw right yeah um but through this freezing process it destroys any kind of thing like that and then we found that you know most frozen fish that anybody's had it's super wet soggy gross Mm -hmm. right so with the technique of freezing it as quickly as possible and then holding it and then thawing it over the course of like a whole day, just very carefully. It mm-hmm. preserves that texture.
0: Okay. Um, so that was the first
3: course. Second yeah, course. It was
0: incredible. Like it looked amazing. Yeah.
4: It was like the lake trout yeah. was so like rich. It, I wouldn't, if, if I'd eaten that, I would not have guessed that it was frozen.
0: No. Yeah. Like no, a, yeah.
4: N- and not in any way. Yeah. yeah.
0: Good point. Yeah.
4: Actually. You know, like <laughs> I, I, I didn't think about it yesterday. We were just like, Oh, sashimi. Great. Love it. Yeah, yeah. Not thinking at all that it it was frozen. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. I've also they definitely like, like having a like like I don't like eating frozen fish like in the store. I'm like, yeah, I'm like because
3: eh. the way that they freeze it is like all jumbled up in a ball. Yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> for, sure, and, for sure, And then they thaw it, running it under hot water or not hot water, but like basically cooking. Water. Yeah, so they put it in cooking. the microwave right. and doesn't taste good. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: um, That's the first time I had lake trout. Oh, really? Yeah, that well, was that the was, first time I had lake trout.
1: That was only the sec. That was the second time I had lake trout. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was great. it was great.
3: Yeah, and then uh, we had a second course too that John cooked was uh some really delicious rice in a clay pot. Oh, yeah, man that rice. that rice. The shank co- Oh man. Yeah, over grill. the shank grill. Oh, it was um that was amazing. It was amazing.
5: I the rice I, I turned out great. to say and I'm interrupting you because that rice was so good.
3: <laughs>
0: it was so it well to be talking good. to him. It was so perfectly done, John, my goodness. <laughs> It was so good.
2: <laughs> thank you. Thank yeah. you. Just just getting back to what Mitch was saying, but you know, never trying lake trout. Yeah. Would you say it was a, a nice fish? Yeah, yeah, it was That's really a good. fish, right? We, we were blown away, too. I mean, the, the first time I had lake trout was also when we started working with the fisher folk in Lake Huron two years ago. Yeah. Um, and they were saying, like, you know, do you guys want to take any of this? Because we, like, we can't sell it. There's no market for it. Nobody wants to buy it. Nobody wants to eat it. Weird. And we're like, well, this fish? Like, I, I would...
4: I would take that, like, trout over so many kinds of fish.
2: Right? It looked like a... It sort of looked like a salmon. It, yeah, it was definitely... Yeah, a kind of like, tasted you know, salmon. It's, it's, a, it it's like... the largest... Mem- well, I think the largest member of the char family. Yeah. Um, One of the biggest trout. It's not... Unlike a salmon. They yeah. have the adipose fin. They're... It's... Yeah, yeah. I think
4: a lot of people would be hard-pressed to tell the difference between that and a salmon that was bought. Totally. Nobody store. would right. be able to. Right. Like, just taking a bite of each?
2: No. And... You know, in a lot of ways, like if you're really nerdy about fish and you care, you know, about uh, especially with raw fish, I think it's a little more evident. um, Wild fish versus farm fish, almost always is much better the -hmm. the wild fish, right? Um, Mainly because of the feed. Most farm fish are eating basically garbage. They're you know pellet fed fish. Right. Mm -hmm. Their own poop. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) If you look at the amount of like plant cellulose, which is basically paper pulp from the yeah. paper industry, like uh, most farmed fish, is just fed a, like a slurry of fish oil and paper pulp. Yeah, that's not good. That is uh, compared to well. like making <laughs> me hungry. The, the paper pulp boys. bounty of insects, <laughs> minnows, yeah. Yeah. and other bait fish that these lake are in the Great Lakes. It's like night and day in terms of you know we know. We know with cows what they eat is important: grass-fed versus yeah. grain-fed, right? And it's the same with with any animal.
4: That's it. That's an interesting point that like you're touching on, because where people will seek out. You know, grass fed beef. Yeah, uh, and make sure like pasture or even
2: like with uh, fowl, like you know, yeah. free range chicken. Yeah, yeah, all these Yeah, things. totally. But and that's good. Like, oh. in, Amer- in North America, we're, we're a meat and potato culture, right? We have this reverence for meat um, and potatoes. But you know what we're talking about are you, here? Are you ragging is, on meat
4: and potatoes? <laughs>
2: no, no, meat and potatoes is amazing. I love meat. I love potatoes. Um, but we are very educated consumers when it comes to meat and potatoes. We we know to buy local vegetables, and you know, there's like. 10 farmers markets in Toronto, we have access to that with meat. You can go to butchers, you can buy, you know, you can buy your supermarket beef or you can buy like grass fed dry aged beef from Mm -hmm. Prince Edward Island, which is like incredible. Yeah. Um, And we have different pricing for different qualities. It's obviously more expensive generally to produce better higher end food products. So when Mm -hmm. it comes to meat, you know, you do spend more money for a better product. Um, But with fish, you know, we don't really have that option yet um, and that's what we're trying to do is yeah. is create that option, say, hey, you know, there's a better tasting, more environmentally mm-hmm. conscious product that's available. And, you know, it is it does cost a little more to do things better, but yeah. um, it's it's available.
5: Yeah, I'm excited for the for affinity to educate a lot of ignorant people on the Great Lakes, especially Lake Ontario, because how many times I mean, I know we talked about this many times, you know, you hear, oh, they have three eyes, like the Simpsons. and it's like, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, going back to the second dish, that was the first time I've ever had white perch.
3: White perch. Yeah, Can we talk
1: about white perch for a second? Yeah. That's a good.
3: Well, what was the dish? What, like, dish. what
0: went into that whole dish? Yeah, so we had the it rice was
3: uh, clay pot cooked rice. So we washed yeah. the rice in the river yeah. and then uh, cooked it in dashi. So like a soup stock that's pretty uh, prolific in Japanese culture. Yeah. Um, it smelled
1: amazing. Oh, yeah,
3: yeah, super delicious, and nice and smoky. And then we had some uh, sautéed ramps, a little bit of king oyster mushrooms, some ginger, uh, and then some fiddleheads that we also picked. Or John picked those fiddleheads. Yeah, those fiddleheads were delicious. Like delicious. Fiddleheads Valley, are right? like usually sure. one of those ingredients that people are like, oh, it's spring, like it's trendy to eat fiddleheads. They're but, like, Those were actually like really tasty, so nice and good. crunchy. Yeah. And, but the uh, perch we just marinated in a little sake and shio koji, mm. which is yeah, Japanese rice wine and. Um, Basically, the same thing that they use to make sake with mixed with salt mm-hmm. and almost like a cured fish, and yeah. then it was skewered and then grilled over over the fire with what, the like des- grill. Describe white perch. Like what kind of a fish? So it's interesting. Actually, um, this was the first time we'd actually bought it. It was from yeah. a new fisher folk up on uh, over on Lake Erie, out of Port Port Burwell. Um, and yeah, it's an interesting fish because it looks very similar to a white bass, mm. but the white bass have you know yeah the lines. Uh, kind of- st- like a like a striper almost, a right. couple lines on the side. But they look very similar, but they're basically um they only have like a couple stripes going the other direction. So right. it's they're like basically cousins. Like I looked up, you know, the two two species and stuff like that. They're basically cousins, but yeah. yeah. First time I've ever tried it. Quite fatty for
0: how small the fish yeah. is. Um yeah super delicious super like just uh yeah it was so good it was like almost like i don't i don't want to say i was gonna say
2: fish
1: walleye-esque
2: yeah it just had more of of a it's it's a a lean white flesh fish i would say it's a little has a little more fat content than um Mm -hmm. than walleye does and you know like meat as well fat tends to be where the flavor is so i'd say a little little more flavorful than walleye but yeah like a white a white flesh bass type uh fish um delicious and it was such a good dish it's it's so funny how yeah. the white it's a good perch. camping
0: dish yeah
2: yeah yeah
0: yeah like it's like a one
2: pot thing yeah and we brought them in in vacuum packs we just kept them in the cooler so it's like you yeah. know rip open the pack take out the pre-marinated fish skewer your thing grill it super easy um wait like, john can we talk about that rice yes yeah, yes yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, let's,
1: let's just have that rice for a little it's while it's just more. like it's so, the rice podcast yeah
0: <laughs> so rice um how'd you manage to get that rice so perfect
2: (laughs) uh forget the fish (laughs) maybe we can we can work the the product placement the the grill into this somehow of course yeah the shank grill was wicked like honestly like (laughs) cooking over a fire is very challenging and there's something like magical about being outside Mm -hmm. and cooking over a fire my sweater still reeks of smoke Mm -hmm. like it's, it's that's part of part of being outside and cooking outside. Um, but it is tricky to manage. You know, you don't have the dial, the one to 10 power settings right. you do on a, on a stove. So it's a little tricky to control because you're, you know, just it's kind just of scooting open around with a stick yeah. to, to, to change the temperature. Um, but yeah, we had this we had this awesome grill that was like super adjustable and and made controlling the fire really easy. And one of the things, especially when cooking in Japanese clay pots, um, you need a huge amount of power, whether it's electrical heat or to use from, from gas mm-hmm. um, and nothing beats burning wood like the amount of of heat that you can generate from burning wood is is insane so i think that's one of the reasons the rice turned out so well yesterday nice. the grill yeah that grill yeah i like the grill yeah i and know that, you we love that you know i really do we weren't on an induction stove at home we were out in a forest yeah yeah you know beside the river cooking on a campfire yeah, yeah.
1: That's awesome, yeah. Because um, you can hang pots from it, you can grill yeah. it from
2: it. It's great. And, and yeah. you know, building on that, when we started talking about this shore lunch like a month ago, I was so excited to do this because one of the most frustrating things, I feel like there's not a ton of chefs who are into fly fishing or, or into fishing in general. It Seems like I don't know. It's it's been hard for me. Like I know a million cooks and chefs and people in the restaurant industry. Not a lot of them fish. Um, and vice versa, not a lot of the fishing community seems to be that into food. And I'm not trying to, you know, maybe that's just my lack of, of understanding.
5: No. But, uh, so, I don't know. Okay, well, well,
2: here. So if you look at most, like if you look at the old, uh, like Bob Azumi type fishing shows, there's always that like five minute segment at the back where it's like, Charlotte oh, we're lunch. in like the most beautiful place on earth, catching the most beautiful fish on earth. Now we're going to cook one yeah um let's fry it let's, yeah. let's fish crisp. burn some butter in a cast iron pan yeah. and throw the fish in and then it sticks to the pan and you kind of scoop out scrape out the like yeah. mashed Chunks. up fish in like you know yeah kamchatka yeah you're like <laughs> in the most insane place in the world and just like you know like you fish crisp access to the most amazing fish and then you just don't really yeah. do anything great with it it's, it's, that's like that's soul crushing to see mm. um and no you know Babazumi's great. No, <laughs> no hate against him. He's but just likes fish crisp. Yeah, just an like, shout out to fish crisp. And, and, and you know? So, and I'm sure the fish, fish crisp has got me through but, a lot of dark times. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, oh, yeah. I, fish crisp is great, and it you know comes at every gas station, so
0: yeah, exactly it's accessible.
2: But there's also 999 other amazing ways to prepare fish.
0: Yeah,
2: where you know it might be a little more fitting to you know some fish is great fried, but some fish is not, and mm-hmm. there's a million other ways to do things. So. I was super excited to work with, you know, you guys, the SoFly guys, and be able to cook kind of a little more interesting, yeah varied fish mm-hmm. on the river mm-hmm. instead of just. That was know, awesome. Yeah, a, really f- cool. a deep fryer for sure. Deep fried pickerel.
4: Yeah. Do, do you see yourselves doing kind of um, making this sort of event? accessible to small parties,
3: to the public, you know, taking yeah. out
4: small groups, teaching <coughs> teaching mm. them how to clean a fish, how to cook.
3: Yeah, I think, so the space that we designed um, at 1581 Dundas, um, you know, it's kind of a multi-purpose space because, you know, in this kind of economy, you really want to make sure that you're making as much uh, revenue as possible because you're paying rent, right, the whole time. So, you know, so we kind of wanted to design it kind of like a three pronged kind of design. So we have, you know, the wholesale to restaurants. Uh, so we have a giant gigantic walk-in fridge that we're waiting a long time for. Um, but we have that and then we have the retail so people can come in and, and buy fish and stuff like that. But we also have, uh, basically a, a long bar in the middle of the, um, space that can, uh, service like bar seating. So, what we're trying to do is basically have an event once a week kind of yeah. thing, whether it's a ticketed dinner event or if it's like an EKG class yeah, yeah. so that people can come in and, you know, we've done a uh, little, um, kind of like votes on Instagram and stuff like that. Like, would you be interested in stuff like that? And, and, and yes. an class. and it's like obviously 99% yes. chefs who are saying yes to this. Cause I it's, would it's totally. pretty gruesome yeah. for some people. Right. And that's, you know, killing Grand. an animal. Right. But, um, For sure, the education, all that kind of stuff. Maybe like cutting and filleting fish, maybe not. But you know, yeah,
1: Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, Yeah.
4: or just introducing, I guess, like different cooking
2: techniques, the things people can do at home. mm -hmm. For sure, and we're going to do how to sharpen your knives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, we're you know hopefully this year when we're done building up the shop and you know doing the plumbing and electrical and like setting up all the supply chain issues that I'm sure we're going to face in our first couple months. Mm -hmm. After that, we can you know. Get going on on the education side. I want to have videos for people where they can learn. Yeah, not only how to flay a fish, but also yeah, how to sharpen the knife because that's yeah. an important part of it. Oh, I feel like t-
4: Toronto is like yeah. lends itself particularly yeah. well to this like yeah, the community diving into yeah. the minutia of yeah. everything mm-hmm. or like yeah. how, which knives are appropriate for this sort yeah. of technique. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love knives. Yeah. Knives are great.
1: One quick note on the actual fishing yes. this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, the Beaver River is a beautiful place. As everybody, beautiful. first time yeah, fishing. Yeah. Time. Like, yep. yeah. This was I was here first the first time was a couple of years ago with Alex Ginther, episode twenty four. Yep. Uh, guest. Do you just we, know all the episodes? And we by had, had no. I looked, it, looked it up earlier. <laughs> How awesome was that though? <laughs> so, all got him. <laughs> that was Like yo, twenty four. Episode yeah.
2: twenty four.
1: Great episode. All what about was Char. Episode yeah. 32. What was it about Char? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, I was here with Alex, and we had a, a great day. And, uh, you know, we caught some browns, caught some rainbows, uh, and uh, and a surprise steelhead. Yeah. And so that was my memory. And then the second memory was of was here with Rob, and we had a slow day because it was super hot. So I was, like, stoked to come back, show everybody the river. And although it was gorgeous, the water was... What? what was the temperature? 39 Fahrenheit. 39. Like degrees. Yeah, it was cold. The so the trout were popsicles yeah. and yeah. we did not uh, do so hot.
0: But it was for cool days. to see it and you
4: yeah. can see how it would be. A, a oh, great, it's, it's great it's fishing It's nice to just like walk around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Everyone see everyone get jacked up about the beautiful water.
2: Oh, amazing like, water.
1: Oh, yeah, we had like a 15 degree there. day for the humans. It was Celsius. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Summer day it felt like. This is encouragement for anybody yeah. uh, who might be thinking to spend a little more time on their like shore lunch or, you know, cooking when they're out fishing. If you have a, uh, not a very productive day fishing and you make like a bangin' shore lunch, it's yeah. a great day. That's so, a good day. Need, like, great day. Yeah, it was you a know, bangin' you need day. To catch fish yeah. if you We got sunburns. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot of us. It was fun. We were like just, you know.
0: Yeah. Had a good food.
2: Enjoyed the sun. It was but great. If all you bring is a couple of granola bars, nothing wrong with that. You know, sometimes you just want to hike to the most. And sit. place mm. And fish the most. Yeah. You know, an unseen river. Yeah, for sure. That's great. You know, might not be possible to bring a grill with you, but... Yeah, you know, it's it's a backpack. Like, it comes uh, with the Shank Grill. Hey, <laughs> heck yeah, Shank Grill. Shout out to Shank.
0: Yeah,
1: great great weekend. I think yeah. we might be driving home and might hit the credit on the way home. Eh?
0: Maybe. But first McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. But first, a couple bergs. Today's episode is brought to you in part by the one and only Gills Fly Fishing International. Gills Fly Fishing International provides the destination angler with the best personalized trip planning and booking experiences possible. And they run FFI Magazine, an online fly fishing magazine with articles from your favorite fly fishing writers. The magazine is filled with tips, trips, and tightline stories to get you jacked for your next adventure out on the water. Visit flyfishinginternational.com to learn more. That's flyfishinginternational.com. Or head to magazine.com to check out the magazine. That's ffimagazine.com. Today's show is brought to you in part by chums. Yes, chums the makers of fantastic outdoor gear for guides, dirt bags, river rats, and weekend warriors. Chums has been crafting exceptional products since 1983, most notably including their eyewear retainers, which is how they got their start. Many of Chums products are made in the USA and they're all designed with adventure in mind. Head to chums.com to explore a wide range of products, including wallets, bags, phone dry cases, eyewear retainers in all kinds of wicked styles, and much, much more. Every time we hit the water, Chums is right Right there with us in the form of amazing on the water gear and of course keeping our sunglasses from sinking to the murky depths of the waters we fish head to chums.com to explore sweet stuff chums.com yeah no i mean you know matt john thank you guys so much for we doing the shore lunch uh video was awesome oh, i do want to do mitchy's fishies five let's uh, do it which is what we do oh every God. time not too um much and day. uh i want to start with john with this mitchy's fishies five okay. and so we'll do the mitchy's Fishies five and then we'll wrap up the show but first john what is your favorite fish and why and this might be a two-parter because you like eating fish cooking fish oh, preparing yeah, and yeah, catching yeah maybe it's not I love,
2: I love eating the the wild brook trout from the West Credit River. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to no, that. I you know, know, two bites, they're a, perfect. They're like <laughs> nice little, like little chicken nuggets. Yeah, just like, like, just like nuggets. chicken nug- trout nuggets. Little brookie nuggets. Chomping <laughs> on one like Gollum on the side of the river, you know? John, uh, what the <laughs> hell? No, 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 no. no don't, don't do that. Don't, only only harvest fish where it is legal and sustainable and ethical to do, so. Yes. Um, that's my disclaimer. Um, <laughs> uh, my favorite fish to catch, honestly, I get, like, I love fishing so much I get so excited about when it's seal head season. I love fishing for seal head when it's, you know, when trout opener happens and I can fish for browns, I'm like, oh my God, browns are the best fish in the world. I would love if I have the chance to travel and I've get, you know, I've, I've been lucky enough to fish in a couple other places outside of Canada. I'm like, oh my God, striped bass in Boston. This is the best possible. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's kind of a cop-out answer. I would say, I mean, I fish for resident brown trouts more than anything else because that's what we have access to more days of the year than anything else. Yeah. I don't even think that's true. I think steelhead seasons longer, right? That, probably, I guess you're yeah. probably if, yeah. right. If I think about it more, If you yeah. can catch them. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, I guess in that case I would say, I would say resident Browns for yeah. Yeah. nice, yeah. nice. What about eating like eating fish eating? Um, I don't, I've, I've had a couple, I've eaten some resident Brown trout in uh, Alberta uh, where it was mm. allowed. Um, but I don't, I don't eat a lot of um, actually we caught some ginormous Brown trout in the lake with our uh, Fisher Folk, yeah, over by Kincardin, and those were fantastic fish, so I actually I'll take that back, I was going to say I'm not, uh, I wouldn't put brown trout as number one, but oh my god, yeah, and like 9 to 14 pound brown trout out of the lake. What's the best fish you've ever eaten? The best fish I've ever eaten, Matt and I made um, up on, uh, that was at your cottage, right, I think, uh, for his Birthday weekend, we cooked this lake trout whole over the fire, and we marinated it with uh, vermouth and a couple herbs. It was oh, so good. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, we we <laughs> butterflied it, took oh, all the bones oh, wow, wow. out, marinated in vermouth, rolled it back up, and cooked it over. Like cooked it on a stick. Yeah. over the it was so good. Yeah, I'll take <laughs> that's one of cool. Yeah, yeah, that sounds yeah, pretty
0: yeah, good. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Um, okay, Matt, what is your favorite fish and why? <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, I haven't done a lot
3: of fly fishing like per se so I would like there's lots of like videos that I've seen that I've like really want to travel yeah. to like catch certain fish like bull trout is definitely one that it yeah. like looks like so mm-hmm. much fun and mm-hmm. like if you don't catch bull trout you're gonna catch a cutty so like yeah that's it's pretty super good. cool um but I think golden trout is like just like from a purely aesthetic standpoint those they're are just cool. like so beautiful yeah
0: like I think they're just yeah
3: one of the most beautiful trout
0: those are crazy looking <laughs> Golden trout. Sorry, we're holding Aldo and I are holding each other's knees. <laughs> sitting side by side here. Watch it on the YouTube. <laughs> <Hey! Fly> <laughs> Golden trout are super cool. Yeah. Super yeah. Cool. There's that
3: um tight loops video where they go up into the high mm-hmm. yeah. high mountain uh lake and they just catch them like on dries like so all sick. day. And I'm like, oh my god, that yeah, was so that, cool. That was a good video.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um
1: Didn't you propose to his wife there? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I think that so was yeah nice video. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. Um yeah, those are like definitely. I I think probably my next tattoo is going to be a golden trout.
1: So. Nice. Awesome. You got a pretty awesome wow. brook trout tattoo. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe it was stick and poke. Yeah, that oh, oh, wow. thing is huge. Eesh. Yeah,
3: yeah. It's like wow. Twelve oh sittings, gosh. decent. Yeah, twelve <laughs> sittings. My friend Zoran, um, he just took up a uh, stick and poke. It's my first color tattoo. Too. It's a nice one. It's a nice yeah, tattoo. It's nice. Did a good job. Yeah, yeah. Um, but to eat. Yeah. What, what's yeah? What's your favorite fish to eat? Um, actually, I was talking with Yoma about this. Actually, I have a shirt on. Mm-hmm. It's um, So I used to work in a sushi restaurant for like three and a half years. And uh, it's like a tri- pretty traditional Tokyo-style sushi restaurant called Edomai style. Mm-hmm. And one of the most p- uh, prolific fish in Edomai sushi is this thing called Kohada in Japanese, which is gizzard shad. Yeah. Um, and basically it's kind of like the measure of, a th- of the chef's skill because it's a very small fish and you have to salt and then pickle it in vinegar. Um, and then kind of like 30 seconds either way is going to make it like really good or really bad. Um, but it's just kind of like a really prolific in this cuisine and I've had, I've been to Japan lucky enough to, to go to Japan and, and, and a couple places that I've eaten there. Um, I had like really, really good kohada, and like Kohata sushi is probably my favorite way to eat
0: fish. What's the best fish you've ever eaten? too i'm curious to know just like john was it the lake tram the vermouth, vermouth tram? that
3: was definitely like top three things i've ever eaten yeah um Ooh. and it was just so cool because like you're literally like on the boat pulling this fish out of the water yeah you dispatch it humanely you hang it up you dry it age, dry it age in a fridge and then a week later you like debone it. it's like this whole process yeah. right from start to finish so that was like just one of the most fulfilling meals mm-hmm. of like just like personally and gratifying um but I'd say like best piece of fish I've ever eaten was um, there's this fish called shima aji which is a striped jack
2: okay yeah. striped jack it's like it's like the tiniest cutest gt for, oh yeah for, for the for <laughs> yeah. the fishing community yeah. it's not it's not a sport fish but okay um, yeah.
3: it's like yeah, a little so guy. we had a, yeah. okay. a wild wild caught one and this fish was i think it was like 75 dollars a pound like wow. very very expensive so wild caught very rare and even in japan yeah and we had got it at uh, the restaurant that i worked at called shoshin yeah and uh, we aged it for about a week and a half and it just sashimi like no salt no soy sauce it was like one of the
0: best things i've ever put in my mouth like yeah so delicious yeah yeah wow that sounds i mean that sounds amazing uh okay number two then we'll start maybe we might we'll start with you because you got the mic there but okay. if you could fish anywhere in the world right now assuming it's the best time of year to go, where would you go? And, uh, and why would you go there?
3: Yeah, I'm actually super excited. Uh, I have this trip planned with yeah. my father. Actually, I've, as I was saying earlier, I never fly fished with him only, uh, spin fishing, but yeah. it's his 65, 65th birthday this year. And, uh, we're planning to go in September out to BC to oh, cool. fish for bull trout and, and, and cutties and stuff like that. And that'll be super cool just cause like I've never fished with him before. And, yeah. um, yeah just watching all those like wildfly videos where they go to bc and catch like the most massive bull trout and
0: so good yeah it just yeah super cool okay so the place you could go is the place you're going soon yeah
3: that's amazing yeah that works out well
2: yeah (laughs) john how about you if you could go anywhere in the world right now and fish where would you where would you go to i feel like there's still so much more of of ontario to discover for me um it's like I grew up here and I didn't spend much time fishing in Ontario. And now that, you know, now that I can drive and now that I'm back, uh, there's so many amazing lakes and rivers, um, and ocean too. Like, let's not forget Ontario has ocean. Yeah. You know, uh, um, but yeah, you know, to go out of Ontario, um, either I would say sea trout, sea run Browns in Iceland. just, I think those fish are, are so beautiful. Yeah. Um, or, or Hokkaido, yeah, now that we were talking about it. The the fish, I don't know if you've had a, you know, if you've had a look at the fish that they catch there in, in northern Japan, but, like, everything is just the most beautiful fish. Like, there's nothing wrong with, I mean, rainbow trout are beautiful. The rainbow trout they have there are, like, mm-hmm. for some reason. I don't know, it's got to be something so in the water. Vibrant. They catch, like, chub, like, creek chub that we catch here, you know, in the credit, and they're not necessarily the most beautiful fish. Yeah. Once they have there, are like, blue and red and like iridescent. Wow. They're just all the fish they have are, are the most insanely beautiful fish. That's cool. Um, got, so yeah, maybe, maybe Hokkaido.
0: I can dig that. That sounds like really.
1: I think I want to go to like Hokkaido. I think I but do too. Going. Yeah. I think that'd be fun. We're going.
0: We're going. See you right. there. Put it in the calendar. <laughs> See you three burgers later. We're there. We're there. <laughs> uh, okay,
2: John, what is your best or one of your best or favorite fishing memories from over the years? Um, So uh, maybe I'm just a negative minded person, but I I find the things that, you know, stick the most with me are are the frustrations and the, the fish that could have been, or the fish that broke off rather than like, I had an amazing day, um, uh, with, uh, with our, our friend Jordan pocket, um, Mm -hmm. a steelheading and we caught like a million fish. It was amazing. But like the most memorable memories for me were the ones that, uh, yeah, the fish that got away. There was one, um, one rafting trip I went on as a kid, this was just when I was starting to get into fishing. I was probably 12 or 13. Mm -hmm. Um, and we were up on the, uh, Nahani river, which I think is right between territories. Yeah. That river's crazy. Um, wild wild river. Yeah. Amazing river. Um, just like 50 or 60 miles of chocolate milk. Just like when we were there, it was so blown out. The river was so high, great rafting water, Mm. but like impossible to fish you like your, I was fishing with a spinning gear at the time, but like your, Mm. your spinner would drop down like two inches. Gone. Yeah. So, you know, needless to say, I, I fished it hard, but, but didn't get anything there. Mm-hmm. Um, and one day on the fishing trip, we went up on this hike into the mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, or sorry, the rafting trip. It wasn't a fishing trip. Right. Yeah. Um, so we went on this hike up into the mountains. And I didn't bring a fishing rod because we were hiking into the mountains and there were no creeks. Yeah. But up at the top of these mountains, we discovered these pools that turn into a creek when it rains. But when the river, when the water drops, it kind of keeps these jacuzzi-sized pools in the mountains. Oh, cool. And they're ice-cold, crystal-clear water, the size of a jacuzzi. Yeah. And there were these grayling just circling. Oh, wow. and wow. you get wow. Like, we were swimming in them. That's cool. You, if, if we'd spent a little more time, we could have just grabbed them with our hands. Wow. But that's the only time I've seen grayling in person. Never caught one. Just pooled uh, up in these mountain yeah, little... yeah, That's yeah. crazy. Like, that's it, super cool. So that was... That was... uh yeah. And I was kicking myself, you know, I was 13. So I was yeah. impatient and, and a little, uh, ticked off like, man, you know, the one time I didn't have my fishing rod with me there, the fish are right in front of me, crystal clear water. <laughs> yeah. And what a crazy, like, f- like thing to barrel. come upon, you know? Yeah. yeah literally. So that was amazing. Yeah. Wow.
0: Matt, how about you? What's one of your, uh, favorite fishing memories?
3: Favorite fishing memories? Probably that same weekend, actually my birthday weekend, uh, last year, John came up to the cottage with me and we were fishing the Magnetowan river. Okay. Um, yeah. And it was like a really tough day. Like that river is like so hard to wade. Yeah. Um, super huge boulders. Like
1: home of Jim Baird. Yeah. Great. Great YouTuber. Great YouTuber. Oh yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah so we uh, went out the day before my birthday. Mm-hmm. Didn't I didn't catch anything. John got two brook trout, and these are nice. like native. Like you yeah, know, it's awesome. Been there for thousands of years, right? And uh, I was like, man, I really want one. And uh, the next day it was like. We started fishing at like noon till like 6 6.30. We were supposed to be back at the cottage at the, for dinner. So I was like, one for more. For birthday c- dinner. For, for my <laughs> birthday <laughs> dinner. Yeah. Yeah. And it was literally that like classic story. It was like, one more cast, one more cast. Yeah. And yeah, it was like with a humpy and I just like casted it out and just like chomped it. Yeah. And I didn't have a net. So <laughs> yeah. it was like, classic. I was like shaking. I was like <gasps> trying to figure out <gasps> my yeah. first brook trout on the fly and it was like probably 10, eight, 10 inches, eight. Nice.
0: Something like that. Nice. But yeah, that was. On, a, on a my birthday memory. too, I was like, "That's, wow, that's awesome! So cool, that's a nice birthday present." Yeah, yeah. wild <laughs> magnetowan Wand brook trout. I love it. I love brook trout. Oh my God, <laughs> I'm gonna brook trout
1: really. We can probably go brook trout fishing this us. afternoon.
0: Yeah. Um. Okay, number four, Matt. Why do <laughs> sorry, you, what? Why do you? What's that? <laughs> right? Sorry, what's that <laughs> right? Why do you fly fish? What do you get, do get out I of fly, fly fishing?
3: Fly, fly fish. Um. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit in the video. Um. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was talking with Yoma about this. It's just mm-hmm. like coming from the restaurant industry, it's such a high paced, um, you know, life, right. It's like constant, just like go, 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 not a lot of sleep. You know, for 13 years I was working 90 hours a week. Right. So getting into fly fishing after the fact or towards the end of the fact of me working that much was just like, so nice, like, you know, prioritizing leisure in my life. Mm -hmm. And just like, because like, if I don't have this leisure, then, you know, my career is going to suffer. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like this moment when you're like in the river and you're just fishing and then like all you can hear is the water there's nothing else mm-hmm. and you're just like oh this is like this is real like I'm just like here you peaceful know? nothing yeah. else matters
0: right now in the yeah. moment yeah that's I feel that man
1: choosing the fly tying the knot
0: yeah I feel that John what about you why do you fly fish
2: um, I like I've always loved nature I love canoeing I love camping I love hiking I love being out um, foraging something that sticks out to fishing sticks out to me about fishing um is the the depth of the connection that you have with nature itself you're not just in nature Mm -hmm. but you're actually in order to fish successfully you must be thinking about the fish the bugs you have to be thinking about okay you know, uh, what temperature is the water? Am I, if I was a fish, am I a comfortable fish? Where would I be? What hole would I be in today? What am I eating? Where am I looking? Am I going to be spooked if somebody walks in front of me or is it behind me? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, am I right on the surface as the, as the angler? Do I have to be careful where my line lays down? Am I going to spook the fish that way? Where does the fly have to be? How far does it have to drift? And these are questions that, I mean, for me, you know, canoeing and camping, I don't really think about that. If I see a loon, it's like, oh, a loon. Yeah. yeah. You know, but you're not, I'm not like, okay, what, like, how is that loon feeling in this moment? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you do that when you fish, right? You, you, you yeah. put yourself, you become the fish, you know, mm-hmm. you must become the fish. That's a good, uh, that's a good point. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's, that's really special because when it all comes together and you know, it's, it's, it's a very enjoyable endeavor. Like we had this weekend, even when we didn't catch any fish, still great to get out there. But when you do catch fish, it's like, oh my God, you know, we, I did it. We, mm-hmm. we became the fish. We, we solved, we cracked the, the code. The Rubik's cube is solved more analogies.
0: It's super rewarding. Yeah. yeah <laughs> when you actually like get, do all that, accomplish all that stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah.
4: I guess it's like, there's a very real correlation between like the effort you put into mm-hmm. understanding and your success as a fly angler.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, no, it's, I dig that. Okay. Mm-hmm. The last but she's fish is fine. Mm-hmm. Number five. The best one is if you were a fly, Mm-hmm.
2: what would you be? Mm-hmm. Which fly pattern best represents you are and why? Yeah, Matt, that's... I don't know what that means. Uh, Matt's my business partner, but... Uh, anyways. Um,
0: hopefully nobody heard friend. that
2: because he wasn't mic'd up. Um, yeah, none of none, any, none of the Kelly Gallup uh Yeah, uh, sex patterns, None of those. Um, <laughs> I, I'd probably be like... I, I'm somebody that's, that's very um, uh, detail-oriented and, and to a fault, like I... I I tend to get bogged down with detail. So I would say probably some like silver doctor Atlantic salmon fly that nice. like doesn't like, I, you know, those flies don't work any better than something simple. You don't need, you know, pre band jungle cock to, to tie the, the fly properly, but it's still, you still have to, you know, you still like counting. Yeah, like, that's wraps, pattern. like five, five wire wraps. Yep. Otherwise it won't work. Yeah. you know That's just kind of, <laughs> I can dig that in in my brand. Silver doctor. Yeah. So I'd say that, I'd say that. Yeah, you're the, you're a silver doctor. Oh yeah. Yeah, I you know. Once they start graying, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then
0: it'll uh, then you'll actually. And start you'll be to a look, silver fox. Then you'll start hey. to actually look like the fly.
2: Yeah. yeah. Nice Okay, that's
0: one of those ones. Very nice. <laughs> um, okay, Matt. If you were a fly, what would you be? What pattern best represents you? Why?
3: Yeah, I don't know. That's start start uh, broad and narrow it down. Yeah. Like whatever the, the I guess i can pick like one of my favorite, like I don't tie. I tried to tie this winter and, uh, just didn't, didn't. Well, John was good about it. He was like, you know, before you buy a vice, like just try it. Yeah. You know, before you spend $200 on a vice, just try it. See if you like it. Yeah. Yeah, And I was like, you know, I'd rather like focus on learning how to catch fish first. Um, but no, just from like purely like beauty aspect, I think I really like, like a cone headed, um, uh, muddler minnow. Nice. I just think they look really nice. Yeah. Just like you know, like a little rocket in the in the Classic. water. I caught my first fish on a streamer on one. And okay. Yeah, I don't know.
0: I just what was your first fish?
3: My first fish was a brown trout on the credit
0: on on this pattern.
3: But on a streamer was a rainbow. Like first fish on a streamer. Was right a on rainbow a streamer right, right, right. on the Mad River. Nice, nice, Ooh. nice. Yeah, I like the muddler minnow. I don't know why.
0: Okay, that's oh. conehead it's muddler, <laughs> gold
3: conehead, gold conehead, and like the red streak. Yes, Mar- brown, yep. brown and red streak. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the marabou's brown.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh. And then you got a little red flash. Red flash, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. That's a good pattern. You can catch...
1: Go-to Lady Evelyn fly. Yellow, oh, yeah. marabou, muddler, conehead. So yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Kind of like a woolly bugger in a way. Like, you can <laughs> catch a, anything on it.
1: It's a brook trout. It's just certainly the the woolly I've bugger caught bass. of brook
0: I've caught bass. On oh, them. really? Oh, my God, me too. Farm, Pike? Walleye?
1: Just, just marabou. Yeah. Deer hair marabou Do co- you think I
0: tie these things? <laughs> <laughs> not
1: if deer hair is involved, Aldo's not tying yeah. it. <laughs> that is
0: correct. Yeah. That's uh, a great pattern though, man. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Well, geez, fellas, it takes us to the end of Mitch's Fishies Five and the end of another podcast, episode 118, recorded up here in Beaver Valley. Can I say um, something really quick? I, but you can take as much time as you want. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I was just gonna say how nice it is to do a podcast in person. I know it's weird, like
0: oh, to wow. be in person. We had a while for you guys. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's been
1: a, it's been while, it's so much nicer to just look at each look at each other in real time with yeah, no yeah.
2: like screen. Oh, to I keep didn't your hands even off each other. It's uh,
0: sorry, what yeah. was that? What sounds weird?
2: You, right? you two haven't been able to keep your hands off each other. It's <laughs> we a lot, of, a lot of touching, but yeah, yeah. When
0: you know, when you're alive in person, it's just nice to be able to side yeah, up and look at him. Do a little yeah. live it's cuddling, you know, a little <laughs>
1: cuddling. Show but yeah, it was nice, and, and it was nice. To, I'm glad we got to go to. uh What do Beaver. you want to say, Yoma?
5: Yom, what do you want to say? Jesus Christ! No, I just say, I just want to say, I'm a little jealous. I'm so far away from you too. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean,
1: I know. I, I'm just, I yeah, just know. Adis. That's really, that's really, that's Adis. really nice. Adis. Just Adis. Just, just roasting Adis. Just, now he's oh, leaving. now he's leaving.
5: <laughs> Sorry, Adis, I didn't nice mean feeling.
1: it. It is really nice to do in mm. person. But it is really nice to do in person. Uh It's nice to be in such a beautiful place. I I do think the Beer Valley is one of. Every time we go to the Big Head or the few times I've come to the Beaver, it's always like, oh, yeah, this is one of those right. places yeah. in the province that's Really like, special. Super don't nice. I oh, we're coming here? back. Why don't I just live here? We're coming back. <laughs> Beautiful place. Like, I can see why Tom and Lisa are like, we're just going to move here Yeah. Now. yeah. yeah. It's yeah. funny
4: because like, we talked about this before. It's like, I used to spend a lot of time up here climbing. Yeah. yeah. Just before fly fishing. And I was like, oh, it's nice here. And now with fly fishing, I'm like, oh, yeah. another excuse. A whole other yeah. layer of wow. Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: And wow. oh, we have that lovely dinner at Hearts. Yes. Oh, yeah, great so dinner People, are, people so in Kimberly, it's a fantastic restaurant. Yeah, yep. um, yep. But I think it's a shameless plug time for you two. Yeah. Where can people find Affinity Fish? Um, yeah. You know, like social media, social media, email.
2: Yeah, uh, Affinity oh, yeah. Fish is our, our Instagram account. There's um, updates on how the shop is coming along. Um, again, you know, that'll be probably July 1st, fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a website as well, uh, affinityfish.com. And, uh, yeah, once the shop's open, you can just come on right by as well. And 1581 Dundas street West.
1: You can see a sleep so, deprived, deprived John and Matt. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Exactly.
2: Way. <laughs> I love it.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. Thank you guys so much for such a great weekend for doing the shore lunch and for coming on the show and, and hanging out with us maniacs and, and having fun along the way. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. thank uh, you, it's, thank it's you. Thank you for fun. making it happen. It was, of course. it was so nice. Oh, so
1: much fun. So yeah. much
0: fun. Let's vlog today. And, uh, yeah. Tom and Lisa, thank you so much.
1: Yeah, thanks to Tom and Lisa for sure. Us. And shout out to uh, J.A. Shank, Shank. The grill. The that made, grill. That made this shoot possible. Yeah. Yes. Great. Check yeah. out the
0: SoFly video on awesome our goal. YouTube to and see the grill in action. And uh, if you want to order one, we'll put the, uh, link, in the link in the show notes. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening at home. Uh, that's it for me, Mitch. Uh, Yelma. See you later, everyone. Idis. You're welcome. All Goodbye.
2: <laughs> Bye, everybody. John? Bye-bye. Matt?
0: Bye. Thanks for having us. Six people on the show today, guys. (laughs) Jesus Christ. That's a lot of humans. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Take care. You can find all of our content at SoFly.ca. Reach out via email by sending your questions or comments to info at SoFly.ca. Find us on Instagram at the SoFly Crew. Thanks for listening.